Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our Gospel this morning, when Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, he desired to leave the great crowds of people behind. He desired to go to a quiet place where he could enter into a time of prayer and rest. Yet even as he goes to such a place by crossing the Sea of Galilee, a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. They followed him not because they wanted to hear his teachings, but because they saw his miracles. They wanted for themselves what they saw others receive, and so they followed him, even as he went to be on his own. See, though, how this did not make him angry. He did not put his own needs first, but he put the needs of the people before his own. He lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these might eat? But he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. He saw the people coming to him, and so he would use this as a time both to perform a sign that proved his divinity and messiahship, while also caring for the needs of the people. And he and he knew how he would care for them. But he asks Philip that he how they might feed this many. After all, they walked far to follow him, and soon as the day wore on, they too would be hungry. Philip thought only of the money needed to do this. He said, Two hundred denarii are not worth of bread is not enough to feed them, that everyone may have a little. Even if they only focused on feeding each of them a bite and nothing more, just doing the bare minimum for them, they would not have had near enough money to do that. Likewise, Andrew, who found the boy with bread and fish, cannot think of how this will feed so many people. There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, he said, but what are they among so many? Our Lord does not answer them in the way that they might want. He doesn't tell them how he will feed them. Instead, he simply tells them, make them sit down. John, an eyewitness to this and other miracles of our Lord Jesus Christ, records for us that there was much grass in this place. It was a wild place, in a way. There were no fields, no pastures, but long grass. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. That's a very large number of people. And it says men, which here it means men. The number did not include the women and children, which the other Gospels tell us were also there. It's really hard for us to imagine just how many that really is. Could you imagine, just for a moment, trying to feed all of Fort Capel and surrounding area twice over and then some? Remember, this was in a place not inhabited by many people. It was, in a word, wilderness. 
Yet our Lord just asked his disciples to have them sit down in an orderly way as if they would feed them. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. John does not tell us that our Lord gave any sort of special prayer, and none of the other evangelists do either. If he said something out of the ordinary, they certainly would have included it. Instead, we see that our Lord was giving thanks for the bread the way that he always did. Then he gives this bread to his disciples again and again and again and again. They take that bread, which he keeps breaking for them, and they keep giving to the people over and over and over and over. He's not stingy, giving just a little, but he provides for them that they might eat as much as they wanted. Our Lord cared for the needs of the people following him. He knew that they would be hungry, yet he continued to heal those who brought the sick to him throughout the day. He knowingly let them become hungry, that when they were away from the towns, that he might satisfy them fully with bread and fish. And they ate and were fully satisfied. And there was even leftovers. Gather up the fragments that remain, he said, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled the twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. He provides for them abundantly, but even then he does not want any to go to waste. They gather up all the leftovers, each disciple goes with a basket to gather them up, and each disciple completely fills his basket. After serving the people at the direction of the Lord, they too are provided for by their master with enough leftovers so that each of them had a basket's worth, more than enough for them. With this, out of their abundance, they would be able to share with their Lord and with any poor they might come across in the journey in the days following. The people see Jesus giving them bread in abundance in the wilderness and say truthfully, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Yes, this is the prophet like Moses whom God had promised would come. This is the prophet to whom all must listen to. Yet, they're not doing that, because they're not there to listen to him, but they're there to see his signs. Now the Passover was drawing close, John tells us, and many of these people would soon be on their way to Jerusalem. Some there thought that it would be a good time to take Jesus who is the prophet who is to come into the world and make him their king. Bring him at Passover to Jerusalem and crown him their king. But this is not how God wanted it to be. He is not to be their bread king who will feed them abundantly in this life, but he is to be their king of glory, who by giving his life for them on the cross will feed them the bread of life that lasts to eternity. And so, perceiving that they were going to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed and went up the mountain by himself alone. And so what does all of this mean for us? Why did the Holy Spirit inspire St. John to write this sign down for us? What might we learn from this when we take this word to heart and inwardly digest it? First, we see that in our Lord's feeding of the five thousand, who would come to follow him, 
He does not stingily feed them, but he feeds them in abundance. He did not give them enough so that only just had a little, but he continued to give them bread until each was full and satisfied. As he did with this sign, so too he does with his grace. Our Lord is not stingy with his grace, but pours it out abundantly upon those who come to him in repentance and faith. St. John writes of our Lord in the first chapter of his gospel, From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Our Lord is abundantly gracious, for it was out of his love for his creation, without regard for any worthiness or merit in our part, that he came into this world in order to take our sins upon himself and die, so that we might live. Indeed, it is not even by our own reason or strength that we come to him or believe in him, but it is his gracious drawing of us to himself by the Holy Spirit and his gift of faith within us which enables us to believe. It does not matter how long one has been apart from him, if one has never known him, or if one has neglected his gifts, he is gracious and merciful to receive all who come to him in repentant faith, forgiving their sins, uniting them to himself, and granting them life and salvation. Of course, due to the weakness of our flesh, we can neglect this. We can fall to sin and temptation, and we can even fall away. Yet even then, our Lord does not reject us. But he continues to offer the gift of his salvation, which he won for us by his precious death on the cross. If you yet live, Jesus desires you to repent of your sins and to trust in him. Yes, even we Christians must daily repent of our sins and trust in him, relying upon him for our salvation. And he, of his goodness and mercy and grace, will supply us everything needful for salvation. For just as he has paid the price with his own blood, and so as we trust in him and daily rise to repentance, he also daily and richly forgives us all of our sins. Indeed, he feeds these 5,000, many of whom did not follow him in order to hear him teach, but only to see a sign, so that they might come to know that he himself is the true bread of life from heaven, the bread of God. As he later said to these same people who continued to follow him after he crossed the sea again, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am the bread of life, Jesus said, and he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. How is it that he himself is, sorry, here how he himself is the bread of life? On this passage, St. Augustine writes, To what purpose do you make your teeth and stomach ready? Believe, and you have already eaten. Yes, brothers and sisters, by faith we partake of the Lord, who is the bread of life so that we may never hunger, for he is and gives enough that we are always satisfied. For he has paid the price of our sins with his own blood, so that we who believe and so eat the spiritual bread of life receive his righteousness as our own, just as he took our sins upon himself. Likewise, by faith we drink of him who is the true water of life, 
so that within our hearts a well springs up abundantly that we might never thirst. Indeed, he has come to give life to the world, not little, not enough that we scrape by, but the life that he gives is abundant life, which lasts into eternity. And so that we may obtain this faith which justifies and receives this life which Christ comes to give, the ministry of teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments was instituted by Christ our Lord. This he foreshadows in how he distributes the bread to so many. For he does not take the loaves, give thanks, and have it immediately fill the people's stomachs, which he could have done if he desired. But he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down. Just as he worked through his disciples to distribute this food to the people, so too our Lord desires to use means to give the Holy Spirit who works faith, where and when he pleases, in those who hear the gospel. Our Lord desires that we come together so that we as his people might receive him, might receive from him his gifts, which he loves to give his people, that we might receive from him forgiveness, life, and salvation. These we receive, as we have said, through faith. But he uses his word and sacraments as means by which his grace is showered upon us, that faith might be created, strengthened, and have a promise to trust. For he is present in his word with the scriptures which testify of him, and the Holy Spirit works through that word to create faith in hearts that believing one may eat the bread of life by faith. So too in holy baptism our Lord is present and working. In baptism we are united with his death and resurrection, so that we die to sin and rise to new life. So too he attaches the promise of forgiveness of sins to this lavish washing away with water in the word, making the washing of regeneration and new birth of water in the spirit. All these benefits of baptism are received by faith, which the Holy Spirit works in us. Through absolution also the Lord works to forgive the sins of the penitent through the words of his minister, who speaks according to the command of Christ and in his stead, so that we might hear and firmly believe that our Lord forgives our sins and grants us life. Likewise, in the Holy Supper, our Lord Jesus, who is the bread of life whom we eat by faith, gives to us his true body and true blood, so that we might also receive with our mouths his true body, which he gave into death for us on the cross, and his true blood, which he shed to cover our every sin. All who eat of the bread and drink of the cup, so too partake in his body and blood. And when we come to the supper of repentant faith, trusting in his words and promises about this meal, that he is present, that he forgives our sins for the sake of his suffering and death, we receive this body and blood, not to our hurt, but to our benefit so that trusting in him we receive the forgiveness of our sins, life, and salvation. And though it is a small morsel of bread and a small sip of wine, what he grants us is more than enough to satisfy the soul. So too we pray by partaking of this wonderful gift, he might grant us to be more and more united to him and through him to one another. Thanks be to God, 
for all his gifts, which he so freely bestows upon us. For our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life for our life, who is so rich in grace and abundant mercy, who never tires of pouring out his grace upon us and of calling us to him by faith, so that by faith in him our sins might be forgiven for his sake. Truly he is the prophet who is to come into the world. Truly he is the king of glory who makes his glory known through his sufferings and death, so that we might not die, but live eternally with him who was raised from the dead. May God grant always that we have such faith that trusts in him alone, that is satisfied with him alone, and that always pleased him in his grace that we might remain steadfast until death through the merits and mediation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen.